do praise the Lord for this church, your friendship, your prayers that you're praying on our behalf and your support. Praise God for the help you've been all these years. It's been a great blessing to be here, missionary to our nation's prisons. We're uh, the Rumseys, me and my wife, Yvonne, and the Keys of Freedom Prison Ministry, uh, 32 years now in prisons, 22 different facilities. Most of these prisons we go into on a quarterly basis, and uh, a couple of them like this one up north here is semi-annual. And you remember what Jesus said, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive evermore. Amen. Have the keys of hell and of death. Hell, death, that's the end result. That's the final product of unregenerate sin. And Jesus is standing holding those keys, the keys of freedom, from the bondage of sin. And that gospel message, that's the key to take into the prisons uh, for the hearts of those inmates uh, to trust Jesus Christ, be born again, and, and a new birth takes place, and they become new creations in Christ Jesus, and that's his business. He handles it from there. And I'm just so glad that we have a part in, in making that message available, and that the state will allow it, and we're able to go preach Jesus as the only, the only Son of God, the only Savior, amen, and, and offer an invitation for those that would care to believe. I'm not going to go if, I, if I'm not allowed to tell them that Jesus is the only way to be saved. Amen? I mean, they can lock me up and keep me there. I suppose they might one day, but I'm not going to go as a volunteer uh, to, to preach something that, like they say, you know, you don't bring up the name of Jesus in some of these places because we don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to offend anybody. I just want to know Jesus is the way of salvation, the only way. Amen? So we're there in these prisons, praise opportunity uh, to reach people through the years and we came up uh, this time from uh, West Florida matter of fact we were in Malone Florida at uh, Jackson Correctional Institution Saturday morning had a, a, a 7:30 gate time there and had good service there for, it's not that big a prison but we had 25 come out and they were all uh, born-again believers, but it was a, really a wonderful service there that Saturday morning. And then we drove over to Pensacola, had a, a Sunday service at uh, Santa Rosa Correctional Institution in Milton, Florida, which is across the bay there, and we've been going to that prison for a number of years, have this Sunday services there, and it was a blessing. New chaplain there for been uh, for the last couple of years we've been without a chaplain or been in and out but we got a new guy there now and a man of God he's a matter of fact he's an independent Baptist which is kind of rare for a chaplain to be an independent Baptist but anyway he is happily serving the Lord there I got to meet him he also uh, had a packed house it's typically that prison runs forty to sixty in the chapel afternoon chapel but we had a hundred. Had a hundred. Praise God. Six precious souls trusting Christ at altar call, and we give God the glory for that. Praise the Lord. And um, 32 years of evangelism in prisons, we've seen just nearly 10,000 precious souls trust Christ uh, since 1991. And we came up for New York, and we always look forward to coming up for the Mid-State Service. 
Amen. I mean, it's been since 1992 that we've had it uh, twice a year to come, except for those COVID days. But anyway, it's been a while we've been coming, and we thank God for the, the, seeing several chaplains there. But this time, uh, we made the gate time, uh, on, and we were there. Uh, chaplain met us. We made the walk from the gate around back to the back building into the uh, chapel building there, and which is a good little old walk. <laughs> but anyway, we made that walk with him and, and um, got to, to the building and on the way to into the chapel, the officer at, at the uh, little security center said, uh, no chapel today. It was a surprise to the chaplain. Uh, and we didn't know what was going on, but he, he told chaplain uh, Ellis that no, we couldn't have uh, chapel because there's not enough staff, not enough security officers or officers, uh, COs, uh, to escort inmates. Well, what you going to do? We went in, talked a while, but we couldn't do anything but just leave and go back. And, that, and that's not so uncommon uh, in prison ministry. It happens from time to time, so it's not something that shocks us, but it's kind of disappointing, you know. And I was praying all the time up here hoping for a good service and Never got the Lord's indication that, well, you're not going to have a service, son. <laughs> no, I mean, we, I'm anticipation. But no, it was, it was cut off uh, Thursday. But praise God. Please pray when you do pray for us. Pray that the, the, the institutions, the prisons, would be uh, staffed adequately so that the inmates could move to chapel and have uh, uh, services. It's important. I believe it's very important for them. And the institutions may or may not believe that, but it would be for them too. Because the saved inmates going to be easier to manage than when it's not. Amen. So anyway, that's a prayer request. Please pray for the institutions that they would have adequate security uh, to move inmates to chapel. Now, as you know, we're not retired. We're still going until Jesus comes. Amen. And we, until uh, uh, he comes to Texas, or, and we're going to keep going until uh, then. Now, in our health situations, uh, we're seeing more doctors than ever before, having more medical tests than ever before, but we are older than ever before. So I can expect that's supposed to be a, be a continuing thing. Uh, I do have one praise. I asked you last winter, pray for Yvonne, because they saw a mass on her lung that was uh, uh, scary, a bit troublesome. And uh, she had those tests, the pulmonary and uh, the, the heart tests, uh, uh, and, and now, in, in April, we got a, a report that they don't see it in mass. Amen. I'm glad for that. I'm glad that, it, it, that that's not a, a trouble for her health. And I, I've got the blood there's going with for me. And, hey, just going to have to keep on keeping on. And uh, the pulmonary embolism, <laughs> that's, uh, I don't think it'll come out tonight. But, it, you know, it, it, it's just there. And I don't even know where it is, in which lung or whatever, but, you know, it, it does. Uh, I don't get to run many foot races. <laughs> I mean, I don't, so that's just the way that, that is when you get older, I suppose. But anyway, praise God to be here. It's a great honor, great privilege. We're going to go leaving tomorrow, going to Maine, have a little camp rented for uh, four days that we're going to stay there to see those great grandbabies and uh, children and those uh, ones and others that live there in Maine. But 
Appreciate your prayers. We're, we're thankful to be with you tonight. Tonight in the Word of God, please turn to John chapter 11 with me. We see the Bible account of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And it's described in John 11, verses 1 through 46, and also some in John chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. And the account reveals to us the ultimate power of God, Jesus as the Christ, the Son of God, and His love for us. And we can also see His followers, their responses as He interacts with them. John chapter 11, verse 1. We'll begin our text. And let's read the Scriptures. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that saith he to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. The disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, to the intent that ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. And when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Uh, now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about fifteen furlongs off. That's a furlong is a, a eighth of a mile, 200 yards, 600 feet. Uh, this is about a two miles away that they're going, not, not quite. And many of the Jews came uh, to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. And Mary sat still in the house. Let's pray. Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, we come before you asking that you would bless the reading of your word. I pray, dear God, for anointing of the Spirit of God for preaching the gospel. And ask, dear Jesus, that you would have your sweet will and way in every heart. 
in every life. Pray for this church that you would, uh, Lord, continue to keep a hand of blessing upon it. Thank you for a, a, a church that loves you, that seeks to please you. I pray in Jesus' name that you, uh, dear God, would just, uh, Lord, continue to add to it. Bless all the requests of God's people here, their special needs. Uh, I pray in Jesus' name, uh, dear God, for those in special need of, of a touch for, from you, for their health, for their strength, for Lord Jesus' recovery uh, of, of grievous ailments. I pray in Jesus' name, dear God, knowing that you're the great physician, knowing that you're able. And we ask God that you do. Ask, Lord, that you'd attend to uh, each need. Ask that you'd bless, uh, dear God, tonight and help God's people. Uh, Lord Jesus, I pray be encouraged. I pray that you bless God's people and help us all, Lord God, uh, to follow you faithfully. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Well, I'm going to say real quick now, I'm looking at the, a passage of Scripture I just read and see that right away that we can see the purpose. The purpose here in verse 4 is for the glory of God. Uh, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Amen. So Jesus gets that out of the way really quickly. That's the reason. Uh, and that should be, that ought to be the purpose for all of us for everything we do. All that we do ought to be, as believers, ought to be uh, for His uh, glory as well. Now, verse 9 and 10, uh, let's look at that, please. The Bible says one more time, Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of his world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. That seems to be saying to the casual reader, make hay in the sunshine. Amen. Uh, uh, you got to uh, get your work done while you have enough light to see it. I mean, that looks like what it's saying uh, to me. And that just means uh, uh, don't be wasting time. Hey, uh, there is really none to waste. It was, I believe John Wayne said once, uh, uh, that, uh, let's go, we're burning daylight. I mean, it looks like this is what the Lord is saying here in this passage of Scripture about the sun and the light. But uh, Jesus reminds us here. He reminds us, and let's look at verse 10 again. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbles because there is no light uh, in him. He also said in John 3.19 that man loveth darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Well, folks, our evil deeds do cause stumbling. They do cause stumbling in our lives. We need light. We need the light of the Lord, the capital L light. Amen. If, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen. We need light, that light. And we must, hey, we must get right to get the light. We're going to have to be right with Him. Right with him, being, being uh, living right for him, and also uh, having our hearts right uh, with him. Uh, and I want you to go ahead and look uh, while we're here, uh, making a comment before I begin to preach. I want you to look at verse 16, verse 16, and see a passage of scripture, Thomas, uh, uh, which is called Didymus. And I want to make a 
disclaimer here for all the Bible scholars and say this, well, a concordance's definition of a proper noun's expression meaning is not any uh, method of establishing doctrine. And I'm not here to establish doctrine, okay, uh, at, from a concordance. But because Didymus is mentioned with Thomas here, I find this interesting. And I'm going to share it tonight with you. Uh, and by the way, I don't correct the King James Bible with the Greek. Amen. No, no way. In my day where I came from, it's the King James Bible that corrects the Greek. Amen. But did you ever wonder why this is mentioned, Thomas, which is called Didymus? I find it interesting because in the concordance of New Testament words, strong uh, Greek concordance, it defines Didymus for us as twin or two. Twin or two. And I checked. I mean, I've read the Bible more than once. I've checked. I could not find mention of Thomas's brother anywhere in the Scripture. His twin brother. I didn't. I, 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 no dialogue between them. No third party speaking to both of them. No mother lobbying on their behalf. So this makes a twin or two description of Thomas quite possibly uh, reveal a double-minded characteristic he seems to possess. Now in our text, uh, he's already now, now uh, to go and die with Jesus. I mean, he said this in verse 16. Uh, and he's strongly attempting to convince his fellow disciples likewise. Hey, that's zeal. That speaks of zeal, amen? Oh, yeah. Even courage. But he's most known, most known as Doubting Thomas. Because he also said, unless I can stick my finger in the wounds of his hands, unless I can thrust my hand inside, I will not believe. Both the zeal and the doubt seem to be evident in his life. Uh, scripture does admonish uh, us, James chapter 1 and uh, verse 8, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Uh, I don't know how different he is from, uh, from you, but I, I have to confess a little of this myself sometimes because I can put on a happy face even if I'm not. Amen. Not, not being critical of that. We all have our, you know, we all should be pleasant. Amen. I'm just saying, please pray for me. Pray that God will give me a, a sound mind focused in Christ. That's where I want mine to be. That might be a good prayer for you too, possibly. That's, you know, that, amen. Not saying anything critical there, but just saying that this is there for a reason. It's there for a reason. Uh, the, uh, the little passage about him being called Didymus, by the way, you can see it uh, in other uh, uh, scripture as well, mostly in John. Uh, but uh, tonight I want to preach a little while, Lord willing, on uh, following Christ, pleasing God. And that requires, that will require uh, faith, obedience, and, and willingness, and willingness. The faith... We need to look at first in John chapter 11, the faith that is described uh, for us. Faith is described in John chapter 11. 
in uh, three different tenses. Uh, let me read uh, uh, some more scripture here uh, at, at this time. John chapter uh, 11 and verse uh, 21. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it uh, thee. Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Let's see uh, how many different ways our, our faith is revealed here. I'm not talking about a different faith. There's just no one faith. One faith. Amen. The scripture says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Again, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and is a reward of him that diligently seek him. But John chapter 11 shows faith in God in three different tenses. Past tense, future tense, and present tense. Verse 21, uh, when we read it, we can see that she truly believed that Jesus could have, could have kept her uh, brother uh, from dying if he had only been there. It's yesterday's faith. He, he could have, if he'd have been here. Uh, that, that would be yesterday's faith. She might have been thinking this, and said, oh Lord, if, if you could have been here, everything would be okay today. Jesus said, thy brother shall rise again. Uh, verse uh, 24, I want to read. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been... Uh, verse 24, I'm sorry, my bifocal jumped. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So she has here showing that she has future faith. Future faith. She believes enough of the scriptures. She believes what she knows from uh, the scriptures and from the Bible uh, that they had available for them. The Old Testament manuscript, she believes uh, in the resurrection. There will be a resurrection. She's telling him that. That's uh, future faith. This is tomorrow's faith. Faith for the hereafter. Uh, and uh, to believe the future will be just as the Lord says uh, she's saying. Faith for the past, faith for the future, but hey, what about for the uh, here and now? What about for the here and now? Now she got this. She got this too. Let's look. And verses 25 through 28. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into uh, uh, the world. She got this when Jesus uh, uh, asked her if she believed that he was the resurrection and the life. And now it's faith in the past, faith in the future, but now she's got uh, faith for the present. That's the end of the debate for her. She's ready to go home. She's ready now to go back and attend to her uh, 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 duties that she has at her own homestead. Uh, she got faith enough to go on with her life, to put it in the hands of Jesus and, and leave it there. 
Oh, we need to be there with our faith in Him. There's many lessons that are taught in the account of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. But now I do want to preach a little while on faith, obedience, and willingness. So first, let's do see faith. Uh, following Christ, pleasing God, requires faith. Scripture says that uh, it's impossible to please Him without faith. And we've seen that there are tenses of, of faith. We could believe in uh, what we know from the past that happened to our lives. We can believe in what we trust that the Word of God is telling us for the future and have past faith, uh, f- future faith. But what about present faith? What about the nasty now and now? Uh, amen. We need that day to day. We need that even in church. We need that everywhere we go in, in our lives. And, and we're going to see uh, that it's going to be uh, good to see that it's going to be good to see that the Lord uh, has your salvation in His hands, that past faith, trusting in when you believe, when you trusted, and when you believed. Amen. And have that settled in your heart. Settled so that you're not questioning yourself every time you hear a message preached, that you believe what you believe, that you're on your way to heaven. The Bible says this, work out your uh, salvation with fear and trembling, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12. And that's not talking about works salvation. Uh, it's uh, Paul telling the Philippians uh, to examine themselves. Verse 13 says, For it's God which worketh in you both to will and to do His good pleasure. So you want to be aware of His presence in your life. Uh, If you're not seeing Him work, if you're not seeing Him doing anything in your life, if you're not feeling His urges to follow His will, the Holy Spirit's going to be telling you, uh, uh, check up. Maybe I'll check up and get it settled. Uh, He wants you to be close. He wants you to be close. And now the future faith, and just like you can believe uh, that you're saved, you can believe that He's coming back. He's coming back. The rapture, the tribulation uh, on earth is going to happen here. His return uh, to rule and reign upon the earth. The the new Jerusalem descending uh, uh, for... Ever, amen. It's going to be good to know. It's going to be good to have that settled in your heart that the Lord has your future in His hands. Faith in God's Word. Faith uh, for the future. But for the nasty now and now, that's right now faith. That's right now faith that we need uh, day by day. And we especially need it because we need to believe that He's right there. You need to believe He's right there with you right now. Right now. Uh, but Brother Jim, I don't see him. I don't feel him. Just believe. Just believe. Communicate with him. Like you say your prayers at night, communicate with him uh, as you go through your day. I want to ask him to do something for you. Like open up a, a way in the traffic. Something that you can see him do right then and right there. And you know he's there. You know he's right there with you. Have that intimate a time uh, with him where you're speaking with him. He's, he's uh, encouraging you. Uh, and, and see him work. Uh, it, it helps you. It helps you know uh, when you're close that he's there. And desire. Desire, desire is presence. 
know, if you're not living exactly like you ought, you know, it's going to be maybe that you'd rather not just have him know a little bit. Uh, he knows already. Uh, be right there. You might be uh, kind of trying to hide, uh, maybe trying to run. No. It's better to get that straight, get that straight, be clean and close. Have him where you can, you can be, desire his presence. Uh, and that living right now faith uh, is when you know he's there and you're seeking his direction constantly. He's, he's there. He's with you. And you're, and you're with him. Don't hide from him. Don't run from him. But uh, desiring uh, his presence. Faith is required uh, in, our, in, our, in our lives uh, that we uh, have uh, then that uh, time. Uh, and, and then let's look also at obedience. Secondly, see obedience. Following Christ, pleasing God does require uh, obedience. And, and, and it's, this is talking about uh, our service to Him, our being in uh, uh, his, close to Him and, and then doing what uh, He says, doing what he, he would have us to do. Jesus is raising Lazarus from the dead. And that was the purpose, the purpose uh, for Lazarus' sicknesses, uh, for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. But in our text, there are other examples of God being glorified. We see verse 30 through 43. I've got a little reading to do here, but 30, verse 40, oh, 38, I'm sorry, 38, verse 43. Jesus, therefore, 38, therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Uh, Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, for this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see uh, the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I know, uh, knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, uh, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a, a loud voice, Lazarus, uh, uh, come forth. Let's see verse 44. Uh, as well. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him, and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them uh, what things Jesus had done. Jesus could have raised Lazarus from the dead, told the stone to roll away itself, and the grave clothes to come off by themselves, but he didn't. He didn't. 
He called on his followers to do these tasks. He called on them, those that were with him. He called on them so that they would be involved, so they'd have a part in what was happening here. A part of this miracle, the miracle of Lazarus being raised uh, from the dead. Folks, he calls on us as a church to pray, to give, and to go so that we can be involved. So that we can be involved, a part of uh, the miracle of missions, the miracle of reaching lost uh, souls uh, with the gospel of Jesus. Lost souls all across the globe. This, this, this church is very missions-minded, very missions-hearted. Uh, uh, lost souls saved by Jesus by the, to the glory of God. The, the glory, God be glorified thereby uh, is, is our uh, main purpose here in this text. And we, thankfully, have a part in glorifying Him. We have a part in glorifying Him in uh, uh, Jesus uh, when we do pray and, and give uh, and go. But it requires us doing, uh, doing what He says. He told them to do these things. He said, well, hey, He didn't really need to. He could have done it Himself. But He chose that we could have a part in it. And He chose uh, that they had this part in uh, rolling the stone and the grave clothes. And then finally, Willingness, willingness, uh, faith, obedience, willingness. Of course, we need that right now faith. Uh, uh, but the, it's good to know and be settled about our past. It's good to know and, and about our future. Amen. But we need to day by day uh, have Jesus right beside us. Obedience. We need to do uh, what the Lord says. Amen. It's for uh, the glory of God. It's that God be glorified. Uh, if we don't want to do it, He'll find someone that will. Amen? Sure can. Willingness to represent Christ. Let's look now at chapter 12. And there's another uh, story here, a scenario with Mary. But let's, we'll just get verses 1 and 2 and 9 through 11. Chapter 12, verse 1. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus, which uh, had uh, been dead, whom he raised from the dead, there they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus, which was one of them that sat at the table, was one of them that sat at the table with him. Now Mary and the ointment is very interesting, very wonderful uh, uh, but we're not going to preach that. So let's look, jump down to 9, verse 9. Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there. That's, uh, Jesus was there. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests consulted that they might uh, put Lazarus also to death. Because that by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed, and believed on Jesus. The supper was attended by Jesus. Martha served. Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with Jesus. And because Lazarus was there, all Bethany knew that he had been raised from the dead. I mean, it wasn't any, any secret that he had been in the grave. Now he's at that supper. And many people believed the scripture says, and God was glorified. 
But what if Lazarus had been uh, fearful and hadn't uh, and had heard that the Pharisees had sought to kill him and, and stayed away? Uh, what if that had happened and he hid himself and, and didn't go to be with Jesus there? Well, a lot of those people that believed would not have uh, wouldn't have done it that day, and maybe never. Uh, and this isn't politics here, but the definition of represent uh, is to serve as the counterpart or image of. To serve as the counterpart or image of. Counterpart uh, of the kingdom of God in Christ is what uh, uh, our representation should be. The image of Christ is what uh, we should bear. People see you and they know. They see you and they know that you follow Christ. By who you are and how you act. Do you influence anyone to believe on Jesus? Are you willing to represent Him? Now, not everybody's going to like you when you choose that. Not everybody will. And you'll not uh, be the, in, uh, the majority uh, anywhere but here at church. Uh, but there will be some interested in who you are and, and where you came from. There's going to be some that are. Not everybody, but some. And those are the ones that the Lord uh, has you representing. If you're willing, representing uh, then Jesus uh, too. And I uh, ask that you pray. Pray for the Rumseys that we be able to represent the Lord mightily in our nation's prisons. Uh, we're called to go and we will go till he tells us to quit. And I do appreciate every one of you, your prayers uh, in our behalf. And, and I, I want to say also that uh, we're seeing some of the things right here in the passage of Scripture uh, that will be helpful uh, in our uh, following Jesus. Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, that you do give us a willingness uh, to represent you uh, for the glory of God. We do pray that you, uh, all, uh, dear Lord, uh, help us have that right now faith where we're constantly aware of your presence in our lives, where you're uh, guiding us, where you're directing us, and, and we're not uh, seeking to, to, to hide from you or, or to run from you. I do pray in Jesus' name, dear God. Uh, that you uh, would continue uh, to bless and, and help us uh, to be faithful. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If, if you're here this evening and, and there's anything uh, uh, that the word has uh, spoken, word has uh, suggested or told, you ought to get settled. Uh, you got your salvation and worked out. You know for sure you're on your way to heaven. I mean, you've got to ask yourself from time to time, but get it settled, faithfully believe it. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Uh, if you're uh, beginning to wonder about the future and what's going to be happening, get a look into the Bible. Just look and see. It's going to tell us exactly what's going to happen. Place your faith right there. Uh, everybody's not going to understand that, but you believe it, and you can be assured from God's Word that it'll be. And keep constant communication and constant uh, 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 interaction with Jesus day to day, hour to hour, and all the time. Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, do pray that you bless uh, each one here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.